gentlemen, welcome to another exciting episode of The Devil's Due. I am your host, Carl Duty. Court is now in session. With me, as always, is my esteemed co-counsel and co-host, the only man who has ever outwitted LaFleur's and destroyed a stage in a mall, Mr. Drew Celestino. Sock full of quarters. Sock full of quarters, man. Took that's, him right that's out. That's the key to the plan. Don't put it in his hand. No. Crack him no. outside the dome Ex- with it. Exactly that. How you doing, sir? I am well, sir. We got a big, great show for you. Landmark show. A lot of good things series. happened. Yeah, a lot of good things. Really exciting weekend for us. Um, you're getting, folks, we're, we're doubling down because, like I said, we were, we were gone last week. We apologize. Um, we just we had a holiday. We took a holiday. We had a holiday. There weekend. was something else that happened that I kind of sprung on you late, but that's yeah, okay. yeah, no, it's okay. We'll talk um, about that. So, but we're making it up to you this week because you're getting not one but two episodes of the Devil's Due. There will be another episode dropping later uh, after this one, later in the week. Yes. So, and that is an episode um, that we had for our Star Wars. Bison's Star Wars Baseball Night. Yes. Do that every time. So we hope you guys will enjoy that. But it's business as usual here on this episode. Well, so, it's business as usual, but let's not bury the lead. This no. Today you get not just us, but you get us and special guest star, kind of, uh, Mr. Kevin Smith. Yes. This, this happened. This happened. We hoped it would happen. We weren't sure if it was going to happen. I, I'm just going to say, be bold, and good things happen. You took a shot, sir, and you nailed it. Um, and we will get to that story before yep. we get to that section. Yep, yes, yep, yep. It on is, this episode. It is in this episode, so if you're waiting yes. for it, it is there. If this episode was a cover of a comic book, it would be, you know, The Devil Do meets Kevin Smith. Sure. Sure. And he, yeah. All right. So, that aside... <laughs> Very possible we have some new listeners. I hope so. This week. I hope so. If you're new to the show, welcome. We appreciate you giving us a shot, and we hope we deliver the goods for you. That being said, let's get to our opening statements. Drew. Yes. How was your week, sir? It's been two weeks. It's been two um, weeks. But I'm going to keep it tight. Uh, toit. Toit, toit. It's, it's been well, sir. Um, yeah, I couldn't. If I think really hard about it, I could tell you what was going on. But uh, then let's get let's you know cut right to the chase. Uh, the reason why we didn't have a show last week isn't so much because we weren't ready to have one, but I kind of I told Carl. Carl's already have yeah, one. Carl's ready. I neglected <laughs> to tell him that uh, I had tickets to go see uh, Tool on the, our recording night. Yes. So unfortunately, schedules dictated that uh, we could not record. And but um, I got to see Tool for the first time in fifteen years. And uh, years with a Z, yeah, that's been that long, and uh, they were excellent. Good show, great show, you, great show. You are one of numerous friends of mine who either saw them in Rochester or saw them in Toronto. Yeah, a lot of people, uh, a lot of people. Everybody went. enjoyed it. Uh, they're fantastic, dude. And uh, I'm a little disappointed that they, you know, they're they're not out supporting a new record. It's been 11 years since 10,000 Days came out. Um, but. Uh, any chance I can get to see them because it is getting kind of rare. I will. I'll take. And they were great. Um, they sounded fantastic. Performances were great across the board. And um, you know they're they're a great, amazing band. And you know uh, I think I if I haven't said it before, like around the time when I saw Metallica a couple weeks ago. Yes. Um, these opportunities that that you get to do, to to see bands, things like that, take them. Take them, 
because as we unfortunately learned with you know like chris cornell yeah uh you never know what's going to happen in life so if you have the opportunity to indulge a passion indulge that passion uh, there's a meme going around the internet as a musician i see it a lot and it's apropos life's too short buy the damn concert tickets so Anyway, saw tool. They were fantastic. Uh, I could I could gripe it a little bit, and I I will just so I can get it out in the open, like like you are to do, uh, like I do. But again, critical eye on things. Um, my only and this is, okay. So here's the thing. Like my drummer, for instance, he is like 22. Okay. I'm 35. Okay, for him, this was his first tool show. When I last saw tool, he was seven years old. <laughs> Okay, he loves Tool. You're not making me feel any younger, seeing as I'm almost forty. That's fine, but you'll you'll appreciate this then. But my point being is that I saw Tool when he was seven. This was his first Tool show. Yep. For him, this was mind-bendingly awesome, and it was a great show. For me, having seen them fifteen years ago, and paying twice as much as I paid last time, by the way, (laughs) um, their show. The screens, the stage presentation, all of it, basically, yeah, was exactly the same as it was 15 years Ooh. ago. So, yeah. now their videos, if you are, you know, a tool, if you're at all familiar with tool, you'll know that their videos are really messed up and disturbing and, you know, yeah, never dull. So you're getting stimuli. Don't get me wrong. But again, if, it's, if you've seen it before, it, it's the, yeah, it was the same basic show as as they've been doing forever. So if me again, a couple weeks ago, Metallica. Yep. Metallica. Every time I go see them, uh, and I'm in the, I'm in the teens, folks. Uh, new stage, new show, new production, uh, new production yeah. every tour. And, you know, I guess I'm getting spoiled by that where it's like exciting and, you know, yep. different. And Tool was just kind of like, oh, yeah, they did this last time, too. Because, like, unfortunately, they're not the most active, you know, uh, physical performance yeah. on stage. They're pretty chill. Did you know so, going into it, it was going to be the same show? I did not know. Oh, okay. Um, I, I'm not. I'm not surprised. I'm just a little let down. Had you known, would you still? Have gone? I still would have gone. Okay, absolutely. Right. Like, like I said, take these opportunities when you can, when, yeah. they, when they when they arise. But that's me having seen them before, nitpicking. So take that with a grain of salt because like, because they were fantastic and yeah. I will not I don't want to like un, I don't want to undersell that they were great. It's kind of like when a classic movie comes back to theaters, you know, like when we went and saw Ghostbusters. Yeah, you know what Ghostbusters is. You could not pay the ten dollars just pop it in your DVD player and watch Ghostbusters. But, but it's there's the some, experience. But it's, exactly, it's the, exactly that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, that was great, and that was the main reason why we did not record last week. Aside from that, um, pretty chill. Pretty chill. It's been uh, interesting. Uh, we, have we done? We've, our game nights have been a little limited, but um, we have not done a game night in the past two weeks. Well, there's uh, that then. Two weeks ago was because you, you guys still did a game night, but you were feeling sick, and I didn't want to take a chance. Yeah, don't do that thing. Because William just got over a cold. My my one year and change old son. Um, I'm still getting. I'm over it, but yeah, yeah. It, you're it, still feeling it the lingered, man. Yeah, um, so I didn't want to take a chance. And then last week, you have a different uh, monthly dinner yeah. game night, <laughs> the Bizarro game night. <laughs> Bizarro? No, I don't. No, I don't mean it like that. But like, it's you know, uh, 
group A and group B, and it's like you're you're cheating on me with game night. It's, but but we do it every like month that. with these people, so it's no, they're they're great, they're yeah. great friends. So it's but we never really combine the game night because as we know. So most of these games we play are like two to five players only. Yeah. They're not even they don't even couple up well most of the time. Like for a decent game night, you get into eight just, players, you're done. Yeah, there is six, no, six players is kind of the max. Yeah, five but, players is the sweet spot. Yeah, six players is the max. Twelve milkmen is <laughs> <laughs> normal. Thirteen would be suspicious. <laughs> oh, I hope some of you get that. Anyway. Uh, but in light of that, um, a lot of Mario Kart's been going on. Yeah. Oh, on those nights. Oh, I love Mario Kart. I love what Mario Kart brings out in my wife, especially. Really? Yes. She uh, does. Does Mario Kart have the same effect on her that Monopoly has on my wife? I don't know how Julie does with Monopoly, but Mario Kart will a string of expletives. Yep. Will same thing will fly out of her mouth, man. It is the best. Yeah, uh, it's it's great. It's not, it's it's amazing. You having, you know, my wife, sweet as the driven snow. I'm convinced your wife never swears ever. Oh, play Monopoly with her. <laughs> play Monopoly with her. This this you're going to shatter my world with this information. <laughs> you would think you're watching a Dennis Leary special. Oh my god! <laughs> it, it, if things don't go her way, it's. You're you're shattering my image of her right now. She, oh, wow, and, and I still think she has a level she hasn't gone to. Maybe even Kinnison. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm also I've, I've oh my god, dude. I crossed the 140 hour mark in Zelda. <laughs> and how far, how much closer are you to actually beating the main game? I, I'm I'm this much closer. <laughs> <laughs> no, Folks, I, for those of you no, no, because I'm, it's an audio medium, Drew just held his thumb and his index finger <laughs> about so. less than an inch apart from each other. To be fair, I have unlocked the last area of the map. Uh, I'm honestly at the point where I'm kind of filling things out. I can, yeah. I know exactly what's left to do. You're getting and, ready to make your end run. Yes, but that end run might take 30 hours. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 now it's like okay, this is what this is what yeah. there is now. So. That's what's up, man. That's yep. that's what's going on. Awesome. How about you? What's going on? Okay, me. Uh, for the week that we didn't record, the big news of that week was so exciting, but still enjoyable. Uh, new appliances. Hey. Yep. Grown-up stuff. New stove, new dishwasher. Thank you, child income tax return. <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh, so, yeah, did that. Bought them on on uh memorial day kind of hell of a deal 700 bucks off like combined both of them so that was good <coughs> excuse me so that was the the kind of there wasn't a lot happening that week uh this past week um friday night as we mentioned i didn't because you did your bizarro game night and i was okay not going that because tekken 7 came in the mail ah so for those of you who are new to the show i am a huge fighting game fan as drew is a huge nintendo fan so i was very excited to get my hands on tekken 7 and not having played a tekken game since tekken 4 and just having played almost exclusively Street Fighter since then, some different games here and there, uh, it's jarring 
to jump back into Tekken. Totally different game than Street Fighter. It's yeah, it's a totally different game than Street Fighter. Even though there's a Street Fighter character Akuma in this one, and that that uh, that word is going to pop up again later in this episode, folks. Okay. Um, the the motion of the characters, how the characters move, and everything seems much more rigid than I remember from previous Tekkens. I remember previous Tekkens being very fluid in the characters' motions. This one just seems kind of like stuttery, hmm. more rigid. But again, haven't played since Tekken 4, and there have been a ton of Tekken games since then. Sure. Um, still just kind of is got gobs of content in it. Cause everybody's learning from Capcom's mistake with Street Fighter V. Where they piecemealed it? Yeah, between Injustice 2 and Tekken 7, those... Both of those games are just stuffed with content. My biggest, the only thing that I, the only reason I know of Tekken 7, and I'm, ex, I'm kind of like, I want to hear more about it. I'm not going to lie. The only reason why is because somehow, some way, New Japan Pro Wrestling got a, like really cool stuff put into the game as DLC and as yes. costumes and stuff. So you have the, you have the, the Bullet Club t-shirt. Bullet Club t-shirt. Oh my God. That, that alone is like super cool. And then they have there's like three pieces I believe of of Rainmaker outfit for Okada. Yep, you can get his his, his robe, his, a mask of some kind, or, or something like that. I'm not sure what they. From are. what so I read, if you get all, if you can wear all of his his full getup, you can also do the Rainmaker finisher maneuver yeah. in the game. Dude, that's amazing. I will I will make sure to get all that stuff. I want to see it. For next time you come it over. It even does the camera pan back when he does the Rainmaker pose. <laughs> I know this because I saw the video and I got really excited. So yeah, I did that. Um, I The online is experiencing some problems. Like well, a lot of fighting games do when they first come out. Uh, matchmaking is kind of hit and miss. So they're, they're going to fix that. But I'm just kind of like rediscovering the series and going through just the standard arcade battle, selecting selecting different characters, seeing who I want to kind of main and learn and so but yeah, it's really enjoyable. Cool. The only thing the only nitpick I really have against it is even though the game is gorgeous, the game's been out for 2 years How, in, wait, in Japan. Really? Yes, it's been out for 2 years. So the graphics look just slightly dated. How are you they can da- tell they've been like polished up, and it looks nice. I'm not saying it looks bad, but you could tell they're two year old graphics. Wow. Okay. How is it two years old? Was it in the arcades for two years? Yeah, or? it was in the arcades for oh, two years. Oh, okay. Now it's 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 like they did it old school. All right. With the games released, going to say nowadays, like yeah. What's the point of arcade games? But Japan, well, in Japan, Japan, yeah, arcades yeah. still thrive. Uh, what a so, world. Yep. There was that. Um, over the course of the past two weeks, I've been fortunate to play a lot more X-Wing. Oh. Building squads, having a blast with that. I'm expecting your most of your house now to be compiled of uh, X-Wing ships. Now. I, I'm organized. They are in a tackle box. I, I'm not saying they're not organized. I'm just, I know I know it's growing. <laughs> it's, it's growing. One box is going to become two. Yeah, no. It, it, you no. shut that down pretty quick. I don't because know. Just I don't think there's enough ships out there for one box to become two. Wow. Like, I'm almost done with purchasing the Rebel and Imperial factions. Oh. 
and then it's going to be move on to the scum and villainy faction. Well, there's a second box, Brian. No, God, oh, no. Okay. that's like another tray in the tackle box I have. So fair yeah, enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So we've been playing that. A lot of fun playing with my friend Adam and playing at Collectors Inn on their X-wing night. Uh, great group of guys. They're very welcoming, very helpful, uh, really enjoyable. You have Joe on sometime in the show. Promote his shop. It's a nice little shop. Cool. Uh, so there was that. We have started out the cry it out process with William. Ah. And it's going surprisingly well. That's Each night, that's, that's good. he's gotten like quicker and quicker falling asleep. So that's cool. Um, last thing for my weeks, which would have occurred last night, went and saw Wonder Woman. Ah. Now, for those of you who are new to the podcast, Drew and I typically referred to the DC Cinematic Universe as a dumpster fire. It has been. Because it has been a dumpster fire between what has been happening behind the scenes and what eventually ends up on the screen. Yes. I also want to say um, we want these films to be good. The better they are, the better geek culture is, yes. the more fun we can all have. And and not for nothing, because Marvel obviously doing very well. We want them to continue to do well, and the only way, and take it from me as a wrestling fan, I've explained this before, stagnation, monopoly, if you will, leads to stagnation. Yes. So if they have no competition, yes, if they have have nothing to fear and no one nipping at their heels to kind of remind them they got to step the game up, they will get complacent. Yes. So I want both of them to be bringing their A game all the time. We all win then. Yep. So not going to have a full-blown discussion on the film because you said you want to go see it i will go see it you you've gone see it i will say i've not seen it yet you have seen it it's good okay it's and it's not good by dc film standards it's just it's good by marvel standards wow you're singing some high praise here yeah and this is how i feel about it i think you might feel differently okay but you know that's why we have the show to sure. talk about our opinions it's i'm not going to say that dc has fixed itself because we still have Justice League to come. Sure do. This was the first post-heavy Snyder influence film. This is more Jeff Johns than it was Snyder. Okay. And then Justice League is still going to be like Snyder. Well, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, now that unfor- with the unfortunate uh, passing of his daughter, him leaving the movie, and, and Joss Whedon, of all people, stepping in, I, yeah. I, I wonder how much... I don't know how much they can do or how much they even ask him to do, but yeah. given the success of Wonder Woman, I I don't know, man. I wonder if behind closed doors they're not like, <laughs> fix, fix this. Please. Make this better. Um, I don't know. We'll yeah, see. I'm not going to say DC has fully righted the ship, but they've stopped the bleeding. Okay. All right. Um, the film is really good. It stumbles in the third act. I've heard that. That's it, That's what I've heard. But it doesn't kill the movie. Okay. Like, the the main villain of the film is Ares, mm-hmm. and he's ultimately a little underwhelming. Mm. And his reveal is kind of, you saw coming a mile away. Okay, all right. Um, but, again, that's something Marvel struggles with as sure, well. With sure, sure. By rep, um, the, the villain, villain problem, yeah. I, I've said numerous times, I'm an easy cry. I rolled tears. Wow. When she when she gets up, I will say this. For an origin, it is the best paced origin superhero film ever. Better than 
even like Iron Man and the pacing of it. Okay, it's fantastic. Wow, because that big battle you see in the previews on the beach mm-hmm. that's in the first twenty minutes of the film. Wow, yeah, cutting right to the chase. They cut out a lot of fat you would expect, and we've seen a lot in origin stories. Sure, um, the scene when she gets up out of the trench and goes into no that's like the first fully realized as wonder woman scene you get and it's freaking amazing okay it just and i'm just like rolling a tear i'm like this is everything that makes superheroes great why we love this mythology it's like where has this been yes exactly yeah yeah exactly and so um i really enjoyed it i hope you will enjoy it we'll see um I'm certainly more receptive to it than I would have been otherwise. So yeah. based on by, by on all accounts, it's good. So that gives me some relief going in to see. Yeah, it. and I love the fact that it's good, not by DC standards. Well, the bar is so low. Yeah, so yeah. it's I'm, not I'm, good by those standards. It's just a good. It's just good film. Okay. Yeah. Well, I hope it's not just an outlier for them, and that this is their opportunity to kind of pick up in, in the pieces and go. Okay. Let's do more of that and less of the grim, dark, murder, death, kill, uh, save Martha yeah. nonsense. Let's yeah. throw, let's throw all that so away. I'm, I'm expecting like Justice League's kind of going to be kind of even though Joss is involved. Yeah, it's how much can be you really a do? A little bit of a regression from what Wonder Woman established. But I think after I'm hopeful for after Justice League. We'll see. We will see. So I, 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 we can hope. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, that was pretty much it for my two weeks. Um, again, if you decide to go see Wonder Woman, we'll have a, a much more, uh, expansive conversation on that. But sure. Again, really good. Go see it, folks. All right. Really enjoyable. Uh, that being said, it is time. Well, hold on. Oh. I almost moved off ceremony. Folks. If you're new to the show, welcome. We appreciate you joining us. We would love to hear from you. We're about to get into a section we call cross-examination in which we answer questions listeners send in. We would love to hear from you if you have any questions for, that you'd like us to answer on the show, if you have any suggestions for the show, or if you'd like to find us on social media. These are all the places you can do that. You can find us on Twitter at Devil's Do Pod. You can go to Facebook.com slash Devil's Do Pod. You can email us at thedevilsdopod at gmail.com, or you can find all these resources on our website, thedevilsdopodcast.com. That being said, Drew, yeah, it's time for some cross-examination. Okay. Now, remind me, in case I forget, uh, we have some questions that were submitted on Facebook this week. Yes, they so were. Make sure I don't forget that. Because typically our questions come in the email. We'll take the questions any way we can get them. Um, but first question is from two, this came in two weeks ago, uh, it's from Adam and he asks for Drew. Yes, sir. What are your top three favorite games on the Wii? On the original Wii? Yeah. He just says Wii. He doesn't say Wii U. So I got, I got to think back now then. Um, Metroid Prime. I have like two games. So Uh, the Wii? Wii U. More than that, but but you're not <laughs> not, not, not too totally far off. off. <laughs> um, still, a, still though, those two were great. Um, <laughs> for the Wii, oh wow, okay. Uh, Super Mario Galaxy one or two, take your pick. I lean towards two. Um, 
The first one had, so they were still kind of going with some of the motion control stuff, a little bit more heavy. Yep. And, um, you know, as we all know, that can be really hit and miss, especially back in the Wii days when the controls were not as tight as they are now. They've refined that technology much, 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 much better now, but it was still a little wonky. And so in Galaxy 2, they kind of removed all that and just made it a straight-up amazing Mario 3D game. So there's one. Uh, Metroid Prime th- uh, 3, for sure. Um, one of the Metroid Prime series is fantastic. I'm a big Metroid nerd, so that's... That's an easy one for me. Uh, third, I mean, I played so many games of the week, so this is kind of hard to say. I mean, you've got uh, Resident Evil 4, uh, the whatever edition they called it, but at the time, the, the Wii edition, I guess they would call it, but with, with the Wii controls, with the motion yeah. aiming, oh my god, dude, that game was amazing like that. It was, you could headshot everything so easily. It just made the game so much fun. So that, um, the, 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 the remake of Punch-Out was fantastic. Um... God, there was, there was a lot of games for the Wii, actually. I, I have to go check my library. I have a huge, um, massive library. Skyward Sword, Zelda, for, you know, it, it takes it does take some justifiable beatings for some of the things that are wrong with it, but it's still a fantastic game. Um, you know, it was fun, actually, uh, and it didn't get a lot of play, but it was actually a really fun game. Steven Spielberg made it. It was a game called Boom Blocks. Steven Spielberg made a video game. I think I remember you showing me that game. You set up it's it's these big courses, yeah, and you throw with the control. You know, you yeah, yeah, throw like bombs at various strategic points in these maps, and it's like dominoes meets bombs, and like you you blow up certain portions of the map, and like there's certain blocks you hit with the bomb, and when they explode, they do like chemical splatter, so they do like you know you can do spread damage and things like that. Fun game, very fun game. Believe it or not. Um, yeah, that's that. Uh, oh, and uh, any iteration of Animal Crossing that might have been on the Wii was was great. <laughs> Animal Crossing is amazing. I love Animal Crossing. I don't understand the attraction of Animal Crossing. It's great. I live life. I go to work. You can live another one. I don't have to play Animal Crossing <laughs> to work. I don't want to work in. You my don't have to games. work. You, you you can you can you know you decorate your house. I have a robot I've, room. I've got a real house to decorate. But does it have a robot room? I can make a robot room, yes. But th- but did you? Have you? No, because well, I don't have the desire for a robot room. Well, I do, and I have one <laughs> in Animal Crossing. <laughs> and it's great. All right. Uh, this question for me is a little outdated. It says, Carl, when will you stop mercilessly beating me in X-Wing? Uh, he did <laughs> snap his losing streak against me one night, so there you go. All right. Uh, for both of you. Yes. Would you ever consider doing in-depth walkthroughs of older Marvel movies like Iron Man, Captain America, and the like? Sure. It says, cheers and happy gaming. Uh, yeah, definitely. We can, because as you know, we have some downtime in between uh, seasons that we do. We like to just do a couple one-off episodes, so that's always a possibility for one of those episodes. At some point, we're going to be out of Marvel shows to talk about, although... Without getting too far ahead of ourselves, coming with up the, the news, coming up on the news, might not be anytime soon. But uh, no, I, I would like to maybe do a, a Marvel film here or there. Um, it, part, it hey, it, it ties into our own show with given our given our uh, main content here being Daredevil related. And um, I'm a huge Cap nerd, so anytime you want to talk about Cap, I'll talk about Cap. Yep. So anyway, all right, it, it, it could happen. Yep. So Adam, thank you for your questions. We appreciate it. Uh, next question is from longtime listener, Mr. Tom Fenzel. 
Hey guys, missed you at Star Wars Night. I hope Kevin Smith was fun. Tom, we're sorry we missed you too. And yes, Kevin Smith was fun, as you'll see coming up later <laughs> in this episode. Uh, just one question from Tom. What are you guys watching on Netflix, Amazon Prime, Hulu that you recommend? You want to go first? No, no, you go ahead. Um, I don't watch a ton of stuff, as you know. It's kind of a theme on the show is I don't have a lot of time, unfortunately. So... Um, if you haven't watched Better Call Saul, I will tell you to watch Better Call Saul. If you haven't watched Breaking Bad before it, I'd probably recommend you watch that first, though it's not necessarily mandatory, but it sure does help. Um, so I know the first two seasons of Better Call Saul are on Netflix. It's a great show. I like it as much, maybe more sometimes than Breaking Bad. Season three is currently happening on AMC, and I just I love it. Television writing this good, this tight, without waste, that trusts viewers to have an attention span and not talk down to them, I respect that. I respect so much because the show respects me. I love it. It's, some, it's the best written television going. Uh, Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad before it. Doesn't waste your time. Trusts that you're going to pay attention and delivers every time. Uh, and it's just it's tight. Nothing is wasted. Everything means something and the performances are excellent. It's fantastic stuff. So anyway, that that's one show. Um... I don't watch much else these days. I would like to, but I unfortunately just don't have the time or the willpower. But yes, on on Netflix, you now have access to the new Mystery Science Theater, as well as some old ones. They list list the old ones as season one. Uh, Don't be fooled by that, though. It's a collection. So it's it's just various episodes from the 10-year run of the show. So it's not season one. It's 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 a best-of collection. So... They're from all over the, the 10 years, but oh my god, there's there's so much content there, so go nuts with Mystery Science Theater. But if you do like Mystery Science Theater, the new one really is great. I love it. I love it to death. I'm so happy it's back. That's all that's right. really all I'm watching right now, man. Uh, for me, on Netflix, I'm currently going through the new season of House of Cards. Uh, normally a really big fan of the show. This season is still good, but they're coming awfully close to jumping the shark. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, so definitely recommend House Cards. Uh, new series I discovered, an animated series done by Bill Burr called F is for Family. Mm-hmm. Hysterical. All right. So funny. Um, it's kind of like if f- when Family Guy was funny and if they weren't censored. <laughs> okay. It's like it's set in the 70s and it's just it's really, really funny. The second season just premiered. Um, half hour episodes first season was only like six or seven episodes so you can get through it pretty quickly um, as far as Amazon Prime I would always recommend Man in the High Castle that's what I keep hearing fantastic series um, also the wife and I have been meeting to start the last season of Orphan Black that just got put on Amazon Prime Orphan Black BBC show if you have not seen it watch it it's one of the best shows going on television uh, so yeah, that's what I got. I should have uh, should have noted also in the past week I started watching the new Twin Peaks. Oh, oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if I can recommend this to anyone, but not good. No, no, it's it's <sighs> wow. Okay, so like Twin you, Peaks is you can't is, watch it not having originally seen Twin Peaks. Well, you the, you can. It's 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 detached enough because it's twenty five years later. Yeah, but. I got to tell you, I watched the original, and it's new. It's 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 very different than the original, but 
the original had soap opera trappings, which which was which were intentional. So it was very self aware, and it was a kind of a almost a satire of a soap opera in a way, with like really weird, dark underpinnings because David Lynch. Now it's just like the weird, dark underpinnings. <laughs> it's right. twisted, dude. It's weird. Cool. They've doubled down on the weird. So I'm just gonna warn you. I I'm gonna tell you to check it out, but just know going in, it's really weird so if you're not ready for it i don't blame you even i'm on the fence but it's weird (laughs) it's very weird nice yeah Alrighty. horrifying at parts too (laughs) it's very freaky tom thank you very much for your questions we always appreciate it yes uh now on to the cagney and lacy of the devil's due uh, for those okay. of you who are new to the show, we have uh, two gentlemen who we can count on almost every week to send us questions. Uh, Mr. J. Gelsomino and Mr. Alan Waiters. They had a contest. They did have a contest. We had a we World did. Series. Had a world Series. Who asked the better questions? We had prizes. <laughs> this could be you, folks. It was legitimate. Yeah. Uh, starting out, we will go with Jay because Jay emailed his question. Alan was the Facebook questions. All right. Bring it. So. Carl and Drew. Yes. If you got stuck in the middle of nowhere with only three seashells, who do you trust the most to get you out of this situation? Rob Schneider, Associate Bob, or Dennis Leary? <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm in the desert. I have three seashells. Yep. I got to go to Rob Schneider. He knows how to use them. I'm going to go Dennis Leary. He's the, he, he's only the, because the, he's going to know how to use them. And have more survival techniques. Does he, though? He's kind of old school. I'm guessing... But he is from the new era. He is probably more inclined to figure it out than we are, and has better chance of surviving than Rob Schneider. You're not wrong. I changed my answer. All right. In theory, we trust. Cool. When he's not ripping off Bill Hicks. <laughs> Love Dennis Leary, but... Love him. But, but... Anyway. Jay's question for me. I should preface this question by saying this past week I completed a 30-day sugar purge. Ooh, congratulations. And I, I had about 98% success ratio on that. There were two events that, a couple events that Julie and I got invited to where I felt it would be rude not to partake. But I didn't do any, like, desserts or anything. It was just uh, some white bread that had processed sugar in it. Other than that, 30 days in the book. Drop any weight? I, you know, I didn't. It wasn't. For a purpose of dropping weight, it was just a purpose to see if so I if could, you could do it. it. Yeah, Are you gonna stick? You gonna keep stick with it? I'm. I celebrated last night at the theaters. I got like pretzel bites and the new caramel M and M's, which are freaking fantastic. But like, I'm not going. <coughs> excuse me. Rebounds I'm not going like full bore okay. back. I'm being conscious to cut out a lot of. That's good. A lot good. of crap. Uh, so Jay asks, I too have now tried to give up the evil that is processed sugar. I have I've had zero Kickstart energy drinks in almost two weeks and no Arnold Palmer in over one. That's big for Jay. Not going to lie, he he does like the Arnold Palmers. Yes, indeed. The fact that the city hasn't burned like it was Devil's Night and Top Dollar gave me matches and gasoline is a small miracle. What have you used to substitute besides water? I've tried coffee for the first time ever to get some caffeine. All tastes like a combo of the brim of Quince hat. With a hint of Brody spit and Hooper's goggles. We got to get Jay on some good coffee. Yeah. Carl yeah. and I like the coffee. Yes. You got to get some good coffee. Yes. Stick with us. We'll get you there. Yeah. 
coffee we can help you with um what i found worked was i mean obviously you get tired of water a lot of times uh water with lemon and lime juice that can help it there's really still good there's um, still sugar in that but natural sugar yeah it's it, natural sugar is fine honestly uh it, the question is for me sir oh i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have some advice too, but go on. No, I'm sorry. Um, Your question. The other thing I found helped was the uh, the Mio's, the water flavoring things. Yes, I use that for my. Yeah, there's no processed sugar in those, and they're fantastic. I use those in my uh, my protein drinks because I don't. You don't like the taste of chalk. Uh, no. Um, the other thing I could say is, you know, when I first did Atkins back in the day, um, ten years ago now, maybe. Uh, you just you just kind of get in you, just, you get used to diet soda and yeah. things like that. It, it, I know if you if you're not used to it, it's it's jarring, but it doesn't that that doesn't last long. You get yeah. over that real quick. But then eventually, if you're like you know what happened to me is I just eventually kicked that too, and now all I drink, dude, is water, coffee, and beer. That's that's all I have. That's it. I don't drink anything else. The, the triangle. That's it's it's oh it's great beautiful triad. A lot of sugar in beer though. So yeah, but. definitely. Uh, if you're not big on lemon and lime juice, Mio's. Grab, yeah. grab a bunch of those. And there's a wide variety. They have a wide selection. Drew. Yeah. Let's say all the execs at Fox get smallpox and die. Okay. You now get control of the Fantastic Four franchise. And no, you cannot just sell the rights back to Marvel. Damn it. <laughs> Who do you cast as the core group and the major villains? However, there's always a catch. You can only use characters, not the actors, the actual characters from all the Quentin Tarantino movies. <laughs> so I need prep time you have for these. to cast. All right, I got Fantastic Four. Okay, using characters from the Quentin Tarantino movies. Marcellus Wallace can be the thing. Okay. Actually, hang on. I gotta take that back. I gotta take that back. All right. I'm sorry, Marcellus. I love you, but you gotta you gotta go away for a minute. Yep. Um. Um, no, uh, the, the main boss in, uh, Reservoir Dogs, the old guy, what's his, I can't think of his name. I'm a bad fan. Old gruff guy. I know what you're talking about though. He's the thing. You know how I know that? Because Tim Roth says it in the movie, the thing. He's just like the thing. There you go. Who am I to argue with Tim Roth? Um, Uma Thurma would make a very weird... Sue Storm. Sue Storm, the bride. Yep. Very violent bride, or very violent Sue Storm, but um, it, 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 visually it works, so I guess we could go there. Okay. Um, Mr. Fantastic. Hmm. Vince Vega. <laughs> I'm stretching. It's so weird. It's, it's so, so weird. weird. It's so weird. I'm stretching. Look at, look at my arm. Um, no, I, let me think here. Um... Using Butch, he's he's a little too gruff to be Mister Fantastic. I need uh, I need someone that's that's very smart. Wow, that's 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 tough. Tarantino flicks are not necessarily known for the smart guys. Yeah. How about uh, oh, work with me here. Okay. Uh, 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 Michael Fassbender from Inglorious Bastards to be Mister Fantastic. Alrighty. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Ooh, Diane Kruger. Yes, from, yes, for, yes, yeah. yes. Okay. Yes. You see, your instinct is always yep. to go Pulp Fiction, but no, Bastards has a phenomenal cast in there. Um, Johnny Storm, uh, 
the 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 German kid, the the germ the, the he played the Nazi sniper. Well, you, you said he, he was also you said Z- don't go all Pulp Fiction. Now he was also Zemo, he was, but he's good. He's good. He, he, I like okay. I like him in that movie. He's great in that movie. He's fantastic in the Glorious Bastards. Yeah, there you go. That's all right. Done. Oh wait. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna we do. Still got Doctor Doom. I'm gonna do a Fox thing here. Okay, the Human Torch. Yeah, you know how Fox likes to like you know play fast and loose with casting sometimes. Yep. I'm gonna gender bend the Human Torch. Okay. And um, uh, Zoe Bell can play the Human Torch. Zoe Bell is the uh, Australian actress from New Zealand. Correct. I'm sorry if I'm getting it wrong. She uh, is the one who's on the hood of the car in Death Proof for the whole last 20 minutes of the movie. Never saw a guy in house. Oh, wow. Okay. That's, it, it, we'll, we'll talk about it later. But um, she's also um, in uh, Hateful Eight. She, is, she has a small part in that as well. Okay. But she's, she's so bubbly. She is so bubbly and, and delightful. I would totally cast her as a torch. Kurt Russell from Hateful Eight for Reed Richards. <sighs> Reed Reed doesn't have a beard. If yeah. I'm casting Kurt Russell, I need a mustache at a minimum. <laughs> if not the beard. All right. <laughs> it's just the way it is. Yeah. He can play Doom. Tim okay. Roth could also play Doom. Um, the accent mostly. I, I like accents. Yeah. So. Um, Vic Vega would be a little too weird for Doom. Michael Madsen. Jules. Oh, he could play Doom. He could play Doom. <laughs> be a very insane Doom. Yeah, be a lot of fun. Or Galactus. Just No, that, yes. I want Jules Winfield as Galactus. <laughs> I'm just seeing uh, Jules, yes. That could yes. be a lot of fun. Love Jules. Love Sam. Adds a whole new... Tr- a whole new Spin on walk the earth, eat the earth, eat the earth. I'm just gonna eat the earth, uh huh. Like Kane, Kung Kung exactly, exactly right. All right, Jay, thank you very much for your questions. Moving on to Mr. Alan Waiters, Carl and Drew. Do you think the success of Wonder Woman has brought the DC Cinematic Universe to life, or was this a complete fluke? Is there more pressure for Captain Marvel to do well since Wonder Woman was more successful than people anticipated? Um, like I said earlier, I I think they've stopped the bleeding with Wonder Woman. I don't think it, the ship's completely righted yet. They haven't full pivoted yet, but they've definitely stopped the bleeding. Um, I'll, I'm going to take your word for that. And I, does it put pressure on Captain Marvel? Uh, I hope so. Honestly, I hope I hope it does because yeah. Mar- Marvel's kind of they're they're slow to the to the dance here with the, with the female flicks and they could have had a black widow movie now if they wanted to that's true and um, captain marvel even like that one got pushed back i believe it was supposed to be out sooner and they pushed it back yeah. and I don't so think how serious are we here about this yeah, i don't think it necessarily puts pressure on captain marvel because i don't think dc's really in a position where they're putting pressure on marvel yet no with their films. no no um, but I think it will help make Captain Marvel better. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's what I was getting at. But I hope they look at the success of Wonder Woman and go, "Hey, it's doable. We can do it too." Yeah, and maybe we should do it too. Yeah. yeah. Carl, with the announcement of season two of Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, what do you think it will take to make Iron Fist season two successful? Do you think a Heroes for Hire cameo is needed for Iron Fist season two? Um, I definitely think that we will have cameos in Iron Fist Season 2. 
Uh, a Heroes for Hire cameo would be great. A Heroes for Hire show would be even better. Um, see, it's hard for me to say that Iron Fist isn't quote-unquote successful. It's not good. We don't really like it. But, <laughs> Ask me about yeah, Iron Fist. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're not crazy I am about not it. into it. Um, yeah, so I think... Uh, the Heroes for Hire cameo is definitely needed in either Iron Fist Season 2 or Luke Cage Season 2. Either one. Like I said when I saw the trailer for Defenders, just seeing the two of them together, yeah. even though I hate it's Iron great. Fist, I was still I was like, oh my god, it's 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 the Heroes for Hire. They're together. Look at them. Look at them on screen together. <laughs> I got all amped up for it. It was weird. All righty. Drew. Yeah. What advice would you give to people when playing Mario Kart? Has it ruined <laughs> any friendships? <laughs> advice? Um have fun and don't take it too seriously because otherwise yeah you will end friendships and possibly marriages because mario kart can get uh very 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 competitive let's put it that way so just remember it's all fun don't take it too personally it's all fun and games till someone gets divorced yeah yeah (laughs) just enjoy it yeah just just enjoy it that's all i can say all right, everyone who sends in questions, thank you very much. Those of you who are listening, please feel free to send us questions, suggestions, comments to the show. We will definitely address them on air. That being said, it is time to get to the case files, the news segment of the show. We've got some news to go over, about two weeks' worth. Um, starting off with the most show-relevant news, it was quietly announced that in 2018, Next year, we will get Daredevil Season 3, Jessica Jones Season 2, and Luke Cage Season 2. That's awesome. That's That's a lot of content for us. Great news. Yeah, great for the show. Um, Very happy about that. Happy about all of those. Do we think it's odd that there was no Iron Fist Season 2 announcement? No. Even if it was like for 2019 or... They'll get to it. It, they're not i mean unless discussions are being had where netflix is just like we don't want more marvel stuff yeah but at the same time all of the season twos of like daredevil jessica jones and luke cage were all announced within a week or two of season one's release Iron Fist is a couple months old now maybe we, we haven't to hear anything we haven't seen it yet but maybe defenders redeems iron fist and people call out for a season two and netflix gives it to us i don't know i hope i hope they do an iron fist season two i would really like to see them write like i said i don't think we're going to see any drastic changes with the character and defenders because defenders was pretty much done filming at the time iron fist came out right 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 um so i would really like to see an iron fist season two and marvel give them a chance to kind of write the ship on that one um yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. But the rest, hey, man, I'm Daredevil Season 3, okay. Yep. More Jessica Jones, okay. More Luke Cage, okay. Make it more more like the first half of the the first season than the second, please. Yeah. Um, you know, but you know what you didn't say, Carl, is what, what's, what else is coming out this year? Defenders? What else? Oh. Defenders? Was that not listed there? Oh, Punisher. November. Uh, Punisher. Yes. Oh, yeah. Merry Christmas. 
<laughs> you filthy animal. Oh boy. Yeah. yeah. I'm uh yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Especially let's, after let's this week's episode do. of Daredevil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, we're gonna get into yep. all that business. Yeah, give us some of that Frank. Yep. Give us some Frank. I'm I'm ready. Bullets in the stockings. I'm ready for that. So yeah. Alright, so there's that. Next piece of news is a little old, but again, no episode last week, so we'll cover it here. Um, my personal favorite comic book writer is Frank Miller. I'm a huge fan of the Sin City series. I've read them all. Um, the movies, I think, are great. They're the Sin City. The first one is the second most visually beautiful film I've ever seen in my life. What's the first? A Hero with Jet Li. Come on. Okay. If you get a chance to watch it, watch it. It is the most visually beautiful film I've ever seen in my life. All right. Um, so I was a fan of the movies, fan of the books, fan of Frank Miller. So you'd think I would be excited over this next piece of news. However, uh, this kind of this kind of is part of a bigger conversation, an ongoing conversation, more of which you will hear in our bonus episode later this week. Yeah. Of the thing becoming something else from its original inception. That is that there is currently a Sin City TV series in the works. Yeah. Now, on one level, I can see where this kind of makes sense. A gritty noir show every week? Yeah, a different story every week, different characters. But at the same time... I don't need it. Right, yeah. That's, I don't need it. Yeah, like, who, who's crying out for, I'm not, for, for I'm not this? I'm crazy about it. Considering how much time was between the movie sequels. Oh, yeah, the sequel came out far too late. Yeah. There was a, there was a, a period where a sequel to Sin City would have done gangbusters box office and, and been better received than the sequel inevitably yeah. was. The sequel kind of just landed in... Did Sin nothing. City is like one of the best arguments for the actual comic creators to be involved in the filmmaking. Sure. Because it's just off the page. Literally off the page. Yeah. yeah. Visually and, and stylistically, they maintained it and it was beautiful. Um, I don't know. Well, I mean, I don't know what the budgets are going to be for that kind of show. I don't know what it's going to cost. I don't know what it costs to make a movie like Sin City, but I would imagine it's, it's there's going to be some. It's probably gotten cheaper. Probably with advancements in technology. Yeah, but I mean, it's still an effects-heavy production. I would yeah. imagine. So, I mean, that's going to cause some 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 loot. Uh, I yeah, I I don't need. It all depends on where it's what channel it's on to. That too. Because if you're going to tell me like Sin City is coming to HBO, I'm gonna be like, all right, uh, yeah, kind of get behind that. Yeah. Anything else, I'm just going to be kind of like. Eh. Showtime, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah Sin yeah, City yeah. has an edge to it oh, that big, you yeah. need to incorporate. Absolutely. Uh, can I ask, is Frank Miller involved? I, I, I didn't see his name attached to too much there in the press releases. I assumed he would be involved in, on some level, because aside from like he owns it. his Batman stuff, he's very possessive of yeah. his work. Um. Because I tell you, I would be surprised if he had no involvement whatsoever. Does he have the c- capacity to be doing a weekly uh, television that's show? Another question. And and in his modern form, do we really want him involved? Well, you and I—I <laughs> I hate to be that guy. You and I were talking in between events this past weekend how we have enjoyed 
as a story standing on its own, not connected to what it originally was born from, the Dark Knight Three, the Dark Knight Returns Three, the Master Race. Enjoy. It's a strong word. I'm it's, I'm I'm pleasantly it's a surprised step up from where Miller has been in the past like decade or so. Ever sure, since Dark Knight Strikes Again. But let's keep in mind that he has uh, 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 Brian Azzarello yeah writing it. That's true. Like I I, so, I don't know how it broke down. If like Miller just had a cocktail napkin and he threw to Azzarello and Azzarello especially all this yeah. out. But but my my I guess my big takeaway from Dark Knight Three is I'm surprised it's uh, it's I'm surprised it's as good as it is. Put yeah. it that way. Enjoy. Yeah, yeah, okay. It's it's not terrible. Okay, that's the yeah, that, I, and for, I mean that in the you, best way possible. On a DC product that is high praise. It's it's got nothing to do with that. It's just it for for a Miller, you know, joint a Miller joint in twenty seventeen. It's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad considering what we've had from him. Recently. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, okay. We had, man, we had a man who gave us two of the best Batman stories of all time. Give us two of the arguably worst Batman stories of all yeah. time. Yeah. And one that was apparently so bad, DC didn't even want to print yeah, it. Yeah, that one. Yeah. So, all right. Moving on. We'll see. Um, There's a little indie film that we mentioned earlier that came out this past week called Wonder Woman. <laughs> oh, that little thing. Apparently, it's making some bank. Uh, Wonder Woman, to no one's surprise, did open up to big numbers at the box office, ex- experiencing a lot of success. And again, because I really enjoyed the movie, I'm very happy about this. Good, good. Um, and I think it is predicted to hold on to the number one spot this weekend, too, which is surprising because, you know, we're kind of full-blown into the movie se- summer movie season where every week there's a big blockbuster coming out. doesn't feel that way at all. I know. It doesn't because, feel that way at all. Probably because of our local weather lately has not been very summery. Um, not, not not even that. Like the the summer movie. This is I, you just said it. And I didn't, it didn't even register with me. Like you're right. We are. It's it's June. Yeah. Where are these movies? Wonder Woman's the only one I can think of. What else has come out that's that's supposed to matter? Uh, Guardians came out. Well, Guardians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that that already came out. Guardians so like, what's kicks what's off summer? What what's coming? Well, typically. In May, it just feels since, since the dawn of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Marvel gets that first weekend in May, yep. and then everyone kind of steer clears in the next couple of weeks. Okay, all right. So we're, we're a little Marvel low. siphoning off their business, and then in June, last week of May, first week of June, it picks up again. You know, it's not going to make a ton of bank. What's that? Because I think Wonder Woman is going to beat it uh, uh, this weekend. The Mummy. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's going to flop, right? Right? Mm. Right. Eh. Does anybody care? I kind of do, only because I like the idea of a universal monster franchise cinematic universe. But, but the mummy, though. Have we seen this trailer? Is there anything there that makes us go like, oh, I'm in? There's not like any any moments like that, but they've got enough to get me in. I okay. like Tom Cruise. I'm sorry. I li- I like his movies. All right. I do. Good luck with all that. Let me know how that is. <laughs> I got a feeling it's not going to do anything. It's going to, it's Wonder Woman is going to stomp it into the ground. I got I have I a think feeling Wonder Woman will beat it. I don't think it's going to stomp it into the ground. I think it's going to surprise you. I think Wonder Woman is going to have a gangbuster second week based on the positive reaction of the first week. There's going to be some repeat business going on and everyone that was on the fence is going to go, well, I'm going. 
I, I just don't think Mummy's going to bomb. I got a feeling it's going to bomb. Should we make a little wager on this? I don't bet, but... but I'm not talking financial. I don't do bets. Let's just... You, think, you, th- like you the, think it won't. I think it will. The, we'll the leave color, it at that. The color green for game nights for like a month. <laughs> you, could, you could bet that. I relinquish my green rights. Jen's just going to take them. <laughs> she does that anyway. Fair enough. I'll relinquish green rights for a month. If it it if comes it, in second place but doesn't bomb. It can come in second place and still bomb. You know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, but I'm saying it can the, also if, come in second place and still make money. If it... If it I guess Let's what I'm say, saying okay. is, if, if Wonder Woman like doubles it, then it bombed. You know what, I'm you know what I mean? Let's say seventy-five million for Mummy. Yeah, that's the threshold. Yeah, I'll take those. Out. I'll take those. Out. Okay, all right. If it breaks seventy-five million, no green, no green for you for a month. Okay, sold. Yeah. All right. I cool. just I, okay. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> I've, I've, I've said my piece. Okay, so a uh, little bit of news for you, comedy for me. Fans. Oh, okay. <laughs> for you, comedy fans out there, it was announced this week that at a big show up in Toronto, Bob and Doug McKenzie are going to reunite. Folks, Rick Moranis is coming back. I'm okay with this. I'm very okay with this. I love Rick Moranis. I, How do you not love Rick Moranis? The, tell me, find me a movie you could not love that man. In. Yeah, he's great. He always was, and yeah. I, I, if he's coming back for this, I'm very happy about it. And how many people in the Hollywood world are going to go through what he went through, and you know, lose his life, lose his wife, unfortunately, to cancer, and then say, you know what, I'm putting this prominent career, million dollar making career, multi million dollar making career, going to put it aside, focus on my family. Yep. How many people you know would do that? It's it's commendable. I mean, yeah. so that's pretty awesome. I hope this is the beginning of a resurgence, a comeback, um, or a Moranissance. Thank you, sir. Just came to me now. That, that was beautiful. Let us hope. Let, let us hope indeed. I'm, I'm all in for the Moranissance. Yes. So, all right. Last piece of news. Yeah. This just got announced today. Uh-oh. I'm of two minds on this. Okay. Or you could say two faces on this. Oh, boy. What, 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 what's going on? It was announced today, then the next issue of Batman, Batman 24. Oh, 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 okay. Batman is going to propose to Catwoman. Bruce is going to propose to Selina that she marry him. I mean... You you go ahead with your your reaction on this. I mean, <sighs> listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a resounding endorsement. I'm not, you know, I'm not as averse to it as you might think. It they've been steering that way for a while with those two characters being a thing. They've you know on again off again. Will they won't they that kind you know all that business. Yeah. Bruce is going to get married. Well, now you're kind of getting into some weird character motivations here because Bruce doesn't seem like the marrying type. <laughs> but if he were, if he had to, um, I guess it makes perfect sense. I mean, and don't they have a kid in Earth two or whatever, or three or something like yeah. that, and all that business? And it's it's been done in Elseworld stories. It's by no means a new concept, but right. is a uh, 
a big announcement for the main continuity of Batman. Fair enough. It's going to last a few months and they'll forget about it. Um, I mean, yeah, sure. You know, she knows who he is. She knows his lifestyle. He knows who she is. He knows her lifestyle. They understand each other. I mean, it, my gut reaction is like, oh boy, comics from the from the company that just had to get Superman and Wonder Woman together. Sorry, Lois. You know, that was that was that a couple years ago they did that. Yeah, that was for. You could argue it was one of the driving concepts behind New Fifty. And we all rolled our eyes because it was dumb. Because it's just that's born of a fanboy argument. Lois could never carry Superman's child. <laughs> all that crap. Shut up, hey, Lois! Is, Lois is Should, critical. Don't, don't to, do it in that voice, because Brody, you know, made that look argument. Bro- dude, mall rats. Brody Bruce is my spirit animal, but you know, even that's a little pedantic for me. Yeah. Um. So I just don't like seeing Lois get put on the back burner for all that business. But but, but again, again, this is kind of this Batman Catwoman trip. Kind of like it reminds me of that, but it makes a little more sense, I guess. Yeah. I don't expect it to last long. I mean, they fixed the whole Superman Lois Lane thing now with Rebirth. They're they back did together. They have a kid, right? Right. Superman's right, right. one of the best books I'm reading. Okay, so here's my take. I have two Go takes on. on it. Okay, I have opposing opposing opinions. I can get behind either one. First opinion is that they shouldn't do it. It ruins the status quo of the character. And when you think about it. Of all the characters that have undergone major changes to the status quo over the past, like, 20 years or so. Okay. When you think about it, Batman is one of the ones that have undergone the least status quo changes. Like, what stat- What major character-shaking status quo changes have we had with Batman in the past 20 years? Well, we had introduction of Damien, Damien. and Batman Incorporated. Da- Damien. And then before that... Probably the biggest one. Before that, it was probably Nightfall. Which which he got better. So yeah. yeah. He got better and Damien is an accepted and appreciated. And before member that of I would say bad family now. Yeah, before that Jason Todd dying. Yeah, you're going back even further into the eighties. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah. So Batman maintains his status quo. By and this, large, yes. This would shake up that status quo, so you can make the argument they won't do it. Here's the argument for it. And because I'm reading Batman, I know the origins of this. This kind of harkens back to what happened with the whole Button storyline, <sighs> which was done very well. Sure. Because sure. The, the only thing, you know, I'm, I'm kind of finding myself saying a lot, tell me a good story and I'll forgive some of your sins. Okay. The only thing of Watchmen that showed up in that storyline besides the Button was in the last page, last panel, you saw like two blue fingers pick up the button, <sighs> which are obviously Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. But it was a really well done story between the Batman and Flash books. And at one point, they go to the Flashpoint universe and Batman meets his father, who is also Batman. Because of course he is. And well, in that. Yeah, universe, I know. I know. Comics, everybody. So. Right as the Flashpoint existence is about to be erased, Batman's father says to him, don't be Batman. Live your life. Find happiness for yourself. And as a parent, as someone, not only as a parent, but as someone who lost his father much sooner than he should have, 
I totally buy into that. I get that. Because that is what I know my father would say to me if he had the opportunity, and I think he'd be very proud of the life that I've built for myself. And if, God forbid, if I left my son early and I had an opportunity to say something like that to him, it would be live your life, find happiness. Do So, for, and that rocks Bruce to his core. And you can see how that that would do that. So... In, in his mind, like the only, I think there's only two characters in the entire DC universe that Bruce could propose marriage to, and you could actually see it working. One is Selena, and the other is Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman? Yeah. Wow. Just like they did it beautifully in the Bruce Tim Paul Dini animated series, okay. kind of toyed around with the relationship with those two. And I think like they've hinted at it here and there in comics in the past okay because like you said with with what you said selena knows his lifestyle is similar yeah skill set and whatnot wonder woman knows all that and also has more of an ability to protect herself yeah true so those are the only two so i can see it working from that angle and again it, it tell me tell me a good story and i'll forgive some of your sins so I'm interested to see what they do. I don't think they'll actually make it to the altar. No. I don't think it's it's actually going to happen, but I'm interested to see where the story goes. We will see. Yeah. I, I wouldn't anticipate it lasts very long. But yeah. be, comics being comics, status quo being status quo, yeah, I wouldn't count on it. So, But I'm, maybe. But even if they do. Yep. Okay. So are they like a team now or something? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. The issue hasn't come out yet. So, yeah. All right. Cool. All right. A lot of fun there. News, listener questions, staples here at the Devil's Due. Uh, right now, we're going to get into the heart of the show, which is where we uh, break down and discuss an episode of Daredevil from the Netflix show. And then after that, will be our, our segment with uh, director and pop culture icon Kevin Smith. Pop culture icon. I think that's a fair title. We'll see how we'll, we'll throw that at him in, in a tweet and see if, see if he likes it. <laughs> All right. So whenever we break down an episode, we have notes on the episode that are right, written on pieces of paper that we rustle like so. Break out the notes. Let's get down to this episode of Daredevil. And oh boy, is this a good episode. Yeah. Episode nine, seven minutes in heaven. Well, let me put it this way. Based on the title and what we actually get, those are two very different things. <laughs> seven from minutes my, in heaven from or my recollection, bodies in heaven? From my recollection of seven minutes in heaven back in the day, uh, yeah, they didn't involve all this. Yeah. Um, so after the last episode, we got the big bad cliffhanger with... Wilson Fisk. Surprise! It's Wilson Fisk. Coming back. In prison. And we all went, oh! At least I did, because I didn't know he was going to be in the, the show at all. I suspected. I had no idea, and I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Kind of like Electra. I didn't know. I avoided spoilers, and then I was like, oh! They're doing this! Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah. We pick up basically right... Well, not right there. We get a little flashback. We get a flashback to the fall of the kingdom. This is probably the longest pre-credit intro they've done on this show i believe so i think it clocks in just under 15 minutes yeah like oh, you know you almost forget that like opening credits haven't started yet yeah 
we get caught up on everything that happened to Wilson Fisk at the end of season one of Daredevil. Basically, yes. Gets delivered to prison. He is stripped of not only his physical possessions, but also you can argue his dignity in a lot of ways as well. Watching the opening here, um, number one, just having D'Onofrio as Fisk back on the show, oh, it's, it's immediate. Like I'm immediately like tuned in like yeah. i'm i'm way tuned in more so than usual so like it's yep. you know it, it has that big big fight feel if you will yep big episode mm-hmm. feel and for that first 15 minutes man he is adapting as it is to the prison life and my god man he is broken yeah he's a broken man yeah you can see it just in how he takes off the cufflinks yeah and drops them into the little plastic Bend. And he's but that and he sells it all on his face though you can yeah. see it. On there's his no there's face. no dialogue from him. Right, it's just like you see how close he came to achieving his ultimate plan that it all just got ripped away from him. Right, and, and now he's utter defeat. Yep. on his face. And the guards are like the one guard like taps him on the head with the club yeah. like take your jacket off and all that crap and newbies wear white and yep. all this business. Like and it, you can almost see the character regressing. Back to a childlike state. Yes. Because he ends up in that cell where he's staring at the wall that looks just like the yeah, painting yeah, from the yeah. first season, which looks just like the wall that his father made him stare at yep. as punishment. And then we get introduced to the kingpin of the jail. Mr. Dutton. Dutton, played by wonderful uh, character actor William Forsythe. Yeah, yeah, who yeah. Always, I can only think of one thing where he didn't play a bad guy, and that was The Rock. Played the FBI agent in The Rock. I don't remember The Rock very well. You should. I, awesome movie. I, I block out all the Michael Bay. I can if I can. Hey, there was a point that Michael Bay did great <laughs> action films. It was a brief period in the then 90s. Then he decided to do Transformers. Yeah. And made an enemy out of us. Yes. Yeah. Don't. Don't. Yeah. Anyway. Um, boy, my note here on that. About that, but when he shows up and goes into the kingpin cell, the yep. Fisk cell, I, I, my note here is just like, "Oh, dude, don't don't mess with the kingpin. Well, don't the, mess with Fisk." Yeah, but at the time he's messing with Fisk, Fisk isn't, you know, air finger quotes Fisk. No, but it just seems like a bad move. I know, I know. But <laughs> you're not gonna, you're gonna have a bad day. But at the same time, where Fisk is in that prison, he's in Dutton's kingdom now he's true like fisk has no he has nothing he has nothing in there he has nothing and as we as we find out kind of find Dutton out has everything yeah as we find out through the episode two even outside of prison fisk's money is drying up to take care of vanessa yeah like you know it's it's expensive to <laughs> the fed sees all your assets you are squirreling money away for your wife and as we find out you're also uh throwing money around to build yourself a little army in prison yes oh and folks in case you haven't noticed drew is a dog person i am i have uh several if by several i mean uh four of my own and i foster so don't so, don't don't mind them they're 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 always they always kind of chime in I'm they're sure. a show staple um yeah fisk is building an army in prison which also costs money he's not taking that dutton threat laying down he's no. he's, he's he's got a plan yep so, and yeah. we see uh the lawyer that we saw again in Luke Cage. Was he? Yeah. Oh. He was uh, Countmouth's and Mariah's lawyer. Look at that. So Good I eye. would not be surprised to see this lawyer in some capacity in Defenders. He's on the Marvel payroll now. He's, he's on the villain payroll. 
Well, all, well, yeah, all over the place. Uh, so yeah, Fisk is building his empire in in prison, prison. which leads us back to his meeting with Frank. Yes, yeah. Credits, Credit. well, opening credits. Yeah. <laughs> so it feels in this episode because after the opening credits, we find Matt getting all patched up and Electra's and, patching him up this time. Yeah, things are getting cleaned up in his apartment and whatnot. In this episode, I almost was like every time they cut to Matt or Foggy. You wanted to go back to prison? I wanted to go back to prison. Um, but it was weird because like the stuff with Karen in this episode is really good. It's good stuff. So I'm good with like the prison stuff and Karen stuff, but like it's not that I don't love Matt and Foggy. I just wanted to get back to one of those two storylines. I I hear I feel where you're coming from, and it, you almost feel like they could have done the, the a, a strictly Fisk Punisher episode, yeah, and then come back to Matt later. But then you know we, what's the show really about? Who's the you know whose names on the show and all that? Yeah, you know, no, I, I, I get you. you know I, I'm not defending think, it. I'm just yeah. saying that's probably what they were but, thinking. But also at the same time, all the like the Matt Foggy and and Karen stuff was 15 minutes of the episode total. A little more than that, actually. Probably it's, it's roughly half and half, believe it or not. Um, but I, I, I know where you're coming from, but I would actually say there's some good stuff here with Matt and Foggy. Um, because at this point, Matt is... The whole electric thing is blowing up. Yeah. Matt makes the tough choice to kind of say... No. You can't change. Yeah. You don't, not, only, not only can't you change... You, you tell me you want to, but I know that you can't. Yeah. You killed that kid, and you liked it, and that's who you are. And then Electra comes to terms with that, too. She even tells him... I killed someone for the first time when I was 12 just to see if I could get away with it. And they weren't even like, you know, it wasn't revenge or self-defense. She knows that's how she is too. So they finally kind of come to this, you know, realization, this detente. Like, you are who you are. I am who I am. We're done. We are are incompatible. We might love each other or whatever, but we cannot be together. You're not good for me. But... In doing that, Matt also reaffirms to himself who he is. Yes. So when Foggy shows up, I, this is a great scene. When Foggy yeah. shows up at his apartment to discuss the firm, basically, mm-hmm. he even says, who am I talking to now? Am I talking to Matt, my friend, or Matt, the vigilante? Yeah. And Matt has and to it's tell clearly him. clearly Matt, the vigilante. Because well, he says he's done apologizing for who he is. Ma, at this point, I think Matt just says they're the same person. Yeah. That's it. I, I am who I am. There, I agree with you. There's a lot of good stuff in the scene, but do you think, because we had this whole, you know, Matt versus Foggy conflict in season one, Yeah. do you think they're kind of dipping into the well once too often with this? No, I don't, I don't think so, because now, I don't know, it just feels like this is the real does culmination. It, does it feel like now that maybe Foggy should you know, have come to peace with who Matt is. Well, here's the, here's the reason why. In the first season, it was more of a personal betrayal. Yeah. He, he lied to Foggy. Yeah, Foggy didn't, didn't... This time... Didn't Foggy. This time, it's professional. Okay, yeah. This, That's so, a good point. If, in the first season, it, it, it hurt Foggy personally, but it didn't necessarily hurt him in the pocket. I'm yeah. not reducing it to money. I just... You, don't, no, no. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. This time, it's affecting their work, what they've built together. And Foggy's name gets dragged through the mud because they completely blow the Frank Castle trial. Yeah. As a result of Matt not being there. And not only is Matt realizing who he is in this episode, Foggy is as well. He Totally. 
He's because take, he said he's to Karen, himself, like, I deserve I, better. I was at my best in that courtroom. I'm a good lawyer. I was at my best. We could have done this. It's Matt's fault. Yes. And he even tells Matt, I deserve better than letting you blow this for me. Yeah. And Matt agrees with him. Yeah. Now, it's up for debate if Matt was just saying that because that's what Foggy wants to hear. And Matt is really gutted by this. But I feel like, no, this is the realization he's come to as well. Like, this is where, this is the way it is. And Foggy does deserve better. His friend deserves better than to be dragged down by everything Matt needs to do. Yeah. So, just going to embrace that old guilt blanket and, and push <laughs> your friends away. Yep. Um, and then the, the phrase that, you know, I'm going to say this because my wife will get a kick out of it. Uh, the phrase... Taking a break gets mentioned. For those of you who are big Friends fans, know what that phrase I can or can. I know, I know. Um, but and you know, Foggy suggests taking a break, and Matt doesn't disagree. No, doesn't even hesitate. Yeah, just go. And I have written here, man. It's like it's it's a breakup, and it's not just a professional breakup. This is like yeah. a, this is like a breakup. It's, it's personal and it's getting kind of messy. Yeah. So it's sad, but see, you know, honestly, yeah. I that was all good to me. That was all good stuff. I want to be back in prison too, but those that stuff delivered to me. The, yeah, Karen, the Karen stuff, to be honest, she's doing good work, but I, I was least invested in that stuff. It's it's interesting to see the change in the character, how she's shifting from Karen Page, legal assistant, to Karen Page reporter. Yes, she's which is very it's, assertive. It's a really nice moment. When she gets Ben's office, even though like yeah. she finds the file, and uh, for those of you who may be new to the show and are familiar with the character's history in the comics, we don't want to spoil anything for uh, the fans who watch the show but don't read the comics, so we don't necessarily discuss a lot of Karen's past in the comics, but it's definitely alluded to that there's much more than has been disclosed in the show in that moment. But it's still a really nice moment that she gets uh, Ben's office. Yes. Um, I mean, it's if spoilers for those who don't read the comics. Ben doesn't die in the comics. No, Ben's alive so and well. There's a whole new layer of, uh, of, of you know, emotion in, in the show that uh, is and not in the comics. Working for the Daily Bugle. Yes, Spider-Man's newspaper. I know. Hey, now they're all one and the same again. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Oh, really quick, real side note. Yeah. You know how we've been having kind of a running discussion about Homecoming? Yes. Um, Julie said something last night after seeing a preview to Homecoming that fully encompasses all my worries about Homecoming. Go on. For those of you who don't know, Spider-Man is my all-time favorite character. Love Daredevil. Love doing the show. Yeah. Spider-Man is my all-time favorite character. She said, I'm excited excited to see Spider-Man Homecoming because Iron Man's in it. Well, that is a legitimate concern concern that I have. She's excited, and that's great. But that's one of the things that's got me kind of worried about the film. Is it going to be Iron Man 3.5? No. No, it won't be. I hope not. It's not going to be that. You know, you, you know how in the 90s... <laughs> Oh, <laughs> wow, dude! If you're going Kids. in the '90s to make your argument, Kids, let me take you back to a magical time called the '90s. Remember when Spider Man? It was kind of magical. Remember when Spider Man or the Punisher or Wolverine 
were on every single comic book cover because they just they were so hot they had to guess them in every book. But really, it just boiled down to them showing up like in a page of the, yeah. of, of someone else's comic. That's that's this. I'm hoping Iron Man's going to be in there for like ten fifteen minutes, and then he's gone. This I'm is Spider Man. This is Spider Man's movie, dude. I'm hoping they're. Sony, for some reason, feels like they got a... Spider-Man I know and love and want. You're not going to get married Spidey, dude. It's not happening. my peace with that. It's never going to happen. Marvel corporate has decided Spider-Man is a swinging kid getting the babes and stuff. I I, I don't know. I I haven't enjoyed the little promos they've done for the NBA Finals. I haven't seen them. They're really funny. Okay. The kid is so good, dude. There's no way. There's no way it's going to be bad. There's no way. I'm not even saying it's going to be bad. I'm just saying that, you know, I want my po- my mid twenties. You want teacher married Spider Man? Yes. Yes, I understand. I know. It's I know. Spider Man, I grew up with. Spider Man, I, I know and love. I understand. You've never had this problem with any of your key characters. Um. No, I guess I haven't yet. Like It'll how, happen. How ticked off would you be if they like Marvel kept regressing Cap back to pre uh, Super Soldier Serum Steve Rogers? <laughs> huh? <laughs> what if What if Max C? Oh God! Yeah. See, that's kind of all right. Back to fair back enough. To the, the business fair enough. Hand. Fair enough. Back to the business end. Um, so yeah, the stuff with Karen's good. Uh, talked about the discussion between. Uh, Matt and Foggy. Let's now, go back to prison. Let's go back to prison. Let's go back to prison. So in prison, we've got uh, Fisk, who, um, you know, he he's, he's been he's amassing his army. He meets with Frank. He makes Frank basically an offer. Oh, what's this here? Mr. Alan Weir's just sounds like that. Apparently, Luke Cage season two starts filming today. Look at that. Topical. Awesome. Topical. Um, so, Fisk tells Frank, you know, your family, tragic, did you know, did you know, by the way, by the way, there's this guy here in prison that might know a thing or two about that. Yeah. Let's make a deal. And he's not lying. No, he's not. You can clearly tell that he's working Frank, but at the same time, he's not lying. No, no. But Frank doesn't want anything to do with it at first. Yeah. But Fisk kind of tells him, you're not going to stop doing this. Yeah. So do me a favor. Basically... Satisfy, you know, satisfy yourself. Get yourself, yeah. get your family a little justice. Do your thing. He plays to, I mean, not for nothing. He kind of plays to Frank's inner monster, if you will. Yeah, and I think my favorite line from Fisk in this entire episode is, "I play the long game." Yes, like when Frank's confused as to why he's doing this. Like, I play the long game. Yeah, I'm looking six, seven moves. Down the road. I'm not... When I get out of here, I'm not looking to wage war. I'm looking to win one. Yes. I like that line. That's a good line. So he gives Frank the shiv and says, you have a seven-minute window to get into this dude's cell block. The guards will help you, by the way, because Fisk has them on the payroll. Yep. And uh, do me a solid, which he does. Yes. So let's skip ahead. Okay. Frank talks to, to Dutton, gets the information he needs, stabby, stabby. Well, before he before he talks to Dutton, he 
he does kill a guy. Well, you know, you know, he kills Bob the Goon. Kills Bob the Goon, slits his throat in grotesque fashion. Yeah. Dutton uh, tells Frank, oh, by the way, um, undercover cops. It was a sting. Sting. Which Karen also finds Which out. Which Karen well also found medical out. examiner. That's correct. So Frank is now none too pleased yeah. with the information. Guts Dutton. Yep. And he's leaving. I'm leaving the cell. Hey, let me out. And the guards go, yeah, no. And we have the rare mistake by Fisk. Rare mistake? Yeah, severely he, underestimating what yeah. he's gotten involved in. But be- because basically, it's a trap. Yep. And Frank um, uh, doesn't take kindly to traps. No. We, we've got ourselves another hallway fight. Cap, cap, capital letters. <laughs> hallway fight right yeah. there. Um. Wow. Yeah. Like, every time you think these shows have reached a limit as far as, like, violence and what they're willing to show, <laughs> like, when you think you're not going to see anything worse than brains being spilled out of a head after being crushed in a car door. Frank shot a guy in give, the face with a shotgun this season. You give Frank a <laughs> shiv and turn him loose in an all-you-can-eat buffet. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's see here. He stabbed a... They show him impale a guy. Stabby, stabby, stabby. With like a broom handle shiv. Vicious beatings. More stabbings. More throat slashings. I think he shivved a guy through the through oh, the head. There was more stabbing in this than there was in the entire game of Russian attack. <laughs> yeah. I want that. He put his thumb in a dude's eye. Yep. They sh- Oh God! And then when that guy got on top of him and he, he and he slit his throat, little details, man. But it was it was. I, they knew what they were doing. Yeah. He slits the dude's throat. The guy's gurgling blood, and he land his 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 face lands on Frank's chest. Yep. And then Frank gets up, and Frank is mind you covered in blood. Yeah. But the 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 skull the skull you actually don't see the, the skull until sc- later. On the I, chest? Yeah. Oh, I, I saw was, it right away. I was looking for it there. They don't have it there right when he stands up. When they're oh, dragging there. him. No, no, it's there. I, I'm going to have to go back and Go watch. back and watch it. Because yeah. as, as, as soon as he pulls the dude off of him and he's laying on the ground, it's like, oh, look what they're doing. Then he stands up and, and it's like, oh my God, look at that. They throw the gas grenade in. And I'm just yeah. like, oh my God, dude, it's the freaking Punisher. It like, yeah. it's the Punisher. Yeah. It's so good. That, it's that so good. crazy. It's so good. It's, and uh, then Fisk... You know, gets alone in a room with Castle and now this are thrown. Yeah. Now here's what's surprising. Fisk wanted him dead. Yeah. Just kill Fisk, him. You got him in chains. Fisk adjusts very quickly. Apparently. Um, and understands that he underestimated Frank. But Frank can still be used to further his goals. Yes, I get. Yeah, again, wage, wage, wage the war so I can win. He's appealing to the nature of the lion. Yeah, he's like there's a whole bunch of gazelles out there. <laughs> Go hunt, kid. Go do your thing. Yeah, Frank. And for Frank is like, okay, fine. When you get out, you're going to be on your list too. Yeah. yeah, and Fisk accepts that. Yeah, and Frank is out of jail. Yep, and has a ride waiting for him. He does, and and a you know tactical vest and and stuff, and some some yeah. pretty pretty boss rag gear. Um, yeah, 
okay. Fisk decides to stay in jail. But again, he's playing the long game. Yes. Plays the long game. Consolidates. Because like, like the lawyer said, he's running out of funds. He's yeah. running out of money. So he's probably building his empire from within jail so that when he gets out, he doesn't have to rely on his old funds. He has he's got a whole new yeah yeah whole new network of connections he didn't have before. Yeah, new funds, new money, new army. It's it's like he learns to be a criminal in jail. Whereas yeah, he goes yeah, in. Yeah. And he's like he's yes, he's a criminal, but he's more of like you know white collar criminal. Now he's got his hands now dirty. You're combining that knowledge with you know gritty street level crime knowledge. Now you're making a real dangerous character. Yeah. It's going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but, but meanwhile. But meanwhile. Matt's back to hitting the streets. Yes. He tracks down the accountant for the hand. Yes. And now let me ask you. When you first saw this. Go on. And the accountant says his son's name is Danny. Were you thinking it might have been Danny Rand? No. No. Okay. No. because I, I, I was like. Maybe no, nah, because Danny Rand's parents are dead and all that yeah, business, know. you know. But uh, okay, they got his the hands got his kid. So you know, Matt's. I saw the ledger. I know yeah. what they're. What are they planning? It's like they're not planning. They're doing it. Okay, what are they doing? Yeah, they call it the farm. Take me to the farm. Yep. Okay, let's old, go to the farm, shall old, we? Old McMaddy had a farm. Um, and on that farm, he had some kids in cages getting their. Blood siphoned from them, being filled into a big casket-looking thing. The show stepped up a couple notches in this episode. It's a little grotesque. It was. It's just macabre. Yeah, it's. It got dark. I didn't. Who who saw that coming? Not Matt. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I had to. Oh. I, you, you, <laughs> you you put the layup there. Oh my I god! Just, but you know who did see it coming? Lou Ferrigno. Didn't hear it coming, though. No. Don't tell me Lou Frigno can't beat up Flash Gordon, because he can't, because Flash Gordon's savior of the universe. What a story that is, man. That's that's insane. That's hysterical. He's such a jerk. That's, by all accounts, he's a jerk. Anyway, um, I don't know the man. What am I saying? <laughs> but yeah, the, the gore factor and the, and the twisted, that's just twisted, yeah. dude. They're like bleeding people into a big vat. Oh, it's weird. Just the sound that the oh, blood is making. I'm just like, oh. Still, it gives me chills every time. It reminds me of the, the, the Seinfeld episode where, where uh, Kramer is storing all of his blood in a blood bank, <laughs> but he can't pay his bill, so he has to pull it out of the blood bank, and he starts putting it in Jerry's, Jerry's freezer or something like that. <laughs> so he's got this whole big thing of tomato juice. <laughs> You've seen this episode before? No, I oh, never it's Seinfeld. So Jerry's like, oh my god, where's where's the blood? I can feel it in the house. It's a big jar of tomato juice on the, on the counter. It's like, this is the blood, isn't it? It's tomato juice. What's the matter with you? You're sick. You're sick. That's oh, great. Anyway, uh, the blood. Yeah, just I just uh, see Jerry sign so when I when I say that the blood. <laughs> um, old friend comes back. Old pal comes a calling. We have the return of Nobu. Nobu is back. I would love them to put Nobu in Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. They uh, can, won't. Can Daredevil be in it first? That's, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, Nobu. Yeah. Uh, looking pretty good for a dead guy. And I mean, he's a little crispy. He's, he's got, a little well done. Yeah. 
Um, but we get another like really great fight scene, and Matt is just as confused as the next person because Matt's taken off his guard by what he's experiencing around him. Sure. And what's going on in the farm, but then Nobu showing up just completely throws him off his axis. Yes. Um, and as a result, Nobu gets the better of him again. Yes. Although, for whatever reason, convenience, I don't know what, Nobu lets him live this time. I think the more important thing than killing Matt is protecting whatever is the in casket. The, the casket that looks oddly like the jars you would break from Ghost and Goblins <laughs> to get <laughs> items. Am I the only one that thinks that? I don't know. I, I don't recall, but it looks like a big egg to me. Yeah. Oh, just skipping back a little bit, when Matt is interrogating uh, the the one executive guy when he gets to the farm. Oh yeah, yeah. The guy was on the phone. Did you did you catch the name that he calls Matt? No. You will find nothing here, Akuma. Oh, which is a Japanese word for demon. Oh, wow! Look at that. Yeah. So, I was like, oh, we called him Akuma. Kuma's in Street Fighter and Tekken 7. <laughs> All the cross-pollination. So much. So. Um, can I get Matt in a Bullet Club t-shirt? That's what I want to know. <laughs> no. Damn it. But you can't get a Kuma in a Bullet Club t-shirt. It's close enough. I'll take it. I'll take Kuma it. Kuma, known for his, his t-shirt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. Um, so, yeah. Well, he, well, keep in mind, Matt does ask, as, as Nobu is escaping, I thought you were dead. And Nobu There's says, no such thing. No such thing. What are these guys up to? We are stepping up a couple notches. Yeah, basically your gritty street level show is officially taking a uh, real wacky turn. Yes. So some people might be turned off by that. But to me, this is like, no, the, it's, this, it's, is, this is this is what's from the story, from the it's comics, from man. The and I'm all in because this doing is doing it great. Yep. God, this this. I, I think this is the most I've enjoyed this season. This is, again, this is my third time going through the season. I maybe it's because Iron Fist was so lackluster. <laughs> Cleansing the palate. Yeah, yeah. As much as I hate to say that, because damn, I want Iron Fist to be good. It just wasn't. Um. Yeah, this is my second time watching it, and uh, it's great. Yeah. It's just great. This show is so awesome, dude. I'm like. It's yeah. everything. It's the re- everything. The rest of it's just going to get better. It's everything I could have ever wanted in a Daredevil television show. Yep. So, it, it as a fan, it it just it, it's hitting me in all the right ways. All right. Normally, this is where we wrap the show up, folks. But as mentioned previously, uh, we have a special guest in a way for the show this this week. I tell the story. I we're going to tell the story. Um, so it was, it was Saturday night, July th- or June 3rd, June 3rd. Uh, we did the, the Buffalo Bison Star Wars night. Hey, he said it right this time, um, <laughs> that you're going to hear about in a bonus episode coming out later this week. And then we couldn't stay for the baseball game because we had tickets to see Kevin Smith at Helium Comedy Club. So, and it was an evening with Kevin Smith, which is traditionally he will come out talk a little bit and then open it up for a Q&A. Now, if you're a fan of Kevin Smith or ever been to one of these things, you know, if you're fortunate enough to get to answer, ask a question, you get your money's worth of an answer. <laughs> and how? Kevin Smith can spin a yarn. 
And granted, it's a yarn we all enjoy, but he, like, at one point there were people, like, four and five deep in the line. I'm like, what are you doing? You're, you're not going to get to ask a question because, like, he goes, he gives, like, long answers, and they're good answers. We enjoy them. But So knowing that, and this is the second time we had seen him in Helium, so we knew what the foreman was. We knew how things were going to go. You were prepared. I was prepared. I was like, we are going to try and get him on the show. Come hell or high water. Come hell or high water. Because it would be huge for our show to get him on. So as he started, we were in the far back of the room. It's not a huge room. No. We were, we were in like the last row. As he started mentioning that they were going to open up for Q&A. You booked. I was, I was out of my chair. <laughs> and then he pointed out where the microphones are. You, you made a beeline. I was completely, I was not completely on like the flash. Uh, just a maybe not in body shape because I tend to be in the the fat fraternity. <laughs> but I there was a red blur from my seat to the where the first microphone was because I knew I had to get in there get in there first, which I did. And he pointed me to give me the first question, and I asked him a two part question. I asked him, "What advice do you have for a podcast to get its word out?" beyond social media which is what we do and then i asked him like i did i i can't not ask you this i don't want this show to be a giant issue of what if would you mind terribly doing a couple questions for our show after you are done with this he graciously said okay you know won't be able to do something after the show, but I'll tell you what, we will close out the show with you guys. So extremely gracious. And we are extremely uh, thankful to him that he was true to his word. And uh, he remembered, like I was worried that he wasn't going to remember. Yeah. Cause well, he, the man does imbibe a lot of uh, substances. He's a traveler of the green. Uh huh. But also he just goes on so many, off so many different directions when he's telling a story. Yeah. Um, thank you very much to the last person who asked a question before us. Cause he yeah, reminded him big, big, big that, thanks. And we tried to find you after the show. We couldn't, um, by all means, drop us line something so we can thank you properly. But he reminded Kevin and Kevin remembered and Kevin brought us up to, we each got one question and we were, we were able to record it. Yep. Um, and that's what you're going to hear now. Uh, the, the only thing I want to preface this with is we ten, we try to be a family friendly show. We do. We try to be, and much to much to Drew's chagrin, we have found that this is, has benefited us. Uh, amazingly, yes. In, in my in my uh, previous podcasting experience, where I let everything fly. This was an adjustment for me, but I've adjusted well. You have adjusted well, and I, I don't express enough how much I appreciate <laughs> that you... No, I'm being serious. How much I appreciate that you rein it in and, and buy into the philosophy of being a family-friendly show so we can attract younger listeners and, and introduce them to the sure. world of comics as well. So having I, said that... Having said that, <laughs> this next, next segment 
is not family friendly. No. Where I was not about to ask Kevin Smith, who was just doing it like on stage and whatnot. We had no prep going. He's doing into us it. a solid. I'm He's not going to put rules solid. on. I'm yeah. I'm not going to put you know, you know, say oh by the way, would you mind not swearing? Right. So right. keep in mind the segment um, is not necessarily family friendly. There is language and content. If you have small children, you probably don't want them to hear. Yes. But, right. um, you know, if you are of age, I I think uh, I'm, I'm so stoked about this. I've been a huge Kevin Smith fan for many, 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 many years. And to get to ask him a question, um, to get to speak to him directly uh, was pretty huge. And um, I think his answers, as you will see, um, are, are <laughs> very lengthy and thought out. And, uh, well, I'm not going to babble on. No pun intended. <laughs> did there. Just uh, we'll let you hear it. Yeah. Now. Okay. Here is our segment with Kevin Smith. What'd you come up with? Hi, Kevin. Uh, so, as a Daredevil show, um, my question for you, being a Daredevil writer, you came up with a uh, Daredevil bullseye issue, uh, the Target, and I loved it. But unfortunately, it never saw completion. I never finished it. I know. <laughs> There's a finished book two in a desk at Marvel that's not drawn by Glenn Fabrates. It's drawn by one of the Kuberts, either Adam or Andy Kubert. Fully done. Dialogues as well. And then there's half of an issue three, and it's still sitting there. And every time I see Joe Casada, he's just like, when are you going to finish that book? And I'm like, one day, man. I, I'm absolutely going to finish it. But sometimes for me, it's nice, nice to leave breadcrumbs because it gives you a reason to live. You know, like, well, I can't die until I finish Daredevil. <laughs> so it's, for that, it's me. Nobody's sitting there going like, we're waiting for the end of your fucking story. Like, the beautiful thing about comics is if you don't like this week's selection, wait a week, here comes more. So there's plenty of stuff for other people to read. Nobody banging down the door. But at the same time, I will get back to it. And when I do, it'll be very different. Like, it'll be weird to go from issue one and two and two and a half or three to what it will become. Same thing is going to happen with the Batman book. Me and Walter did two Batman miniseries, Walter Flanagan. Uh, first was uh, uh, fucking Batman, what was it? Cacophony, Batman Cacophony, Batman the Whiting Tower, and the third one is Batman Bellicosti. And we got busy making comic book men, so we never got back to Batman Bellicosti, but there's three issues of that fully drawn, you know, and waiting to go. And in the time that we stopped doing it, the DC Universe has changed completely, so the story is changing completely. So recently I saw Walter, and I was like, they want us to finish the book. After five, six years, they're asking us about the book. And he goes, well, what do you want to do? Because the idea of it is like Batman Bellicosti is more in the DC Universe. And uh, I was like, I don't know, seeing that what we were talking about is too big and shit. He's like, well, why don't you do what you love best? He's going, what's better than fucking the devil in comics? Let's send Batman to hell. And I was like, oh, that's so fucking metal. <laughs> so I know we'll get to that, Batman Bellicosti first, before I'll ever get to Daredevil Target, but I will finish. Then I guess I won't ask how it ends. <laughs> he wins. Uh, <laughs> Uh, just um, again, we appreciate you doing this, being on the Devil's Due. Uh, geek culture is in a golden age. 
easy to say right now there's just so much available in geek culture i can go online and find a t-shirt of adam west as batman in surfer shorts with a surfboard it's all out there um our question another question we have is where do we go from here what's the next plateau for geek culture what do you see on the horizon um why plat- what do you mean plateau like where do you think geek, geek culture can go next like it's so widely accepted now and okay, like- I look at it like this when I was a kid everyone loved sports and athletics baseball football and shit like that it's very tribal it's like I'm wearing my colors this is my fucking team I like this team fuck your team and shit like that same thing in comics. It's like, I like Batman, fuck the Joker. Or I like Marvel, fuck DC and shit. It gets very tribal. So I always thought when I was a kid, I was like, well, what's the difference between being a sports fan and being a comic book fan? Like, at the end of the day, what are sports? Like, uh, it's a competition between two teams, and they're wearing very colorful costumes and sometimes masks. <laughs> That's exactly what I fucking read about all the time. So, you know, I used to wonder, like, is there a bubble? But no, it's just, we've arrived. Geek culture has arrived. Pop culture is the dominant culture now. Um, and that means if you're fluent in that, it's your time. And that won't end. It'll just kind of get larger and get less interesting for people that used to love knowing tiny bits of trivia that now belong to everybody and stuff like that. But I don't think it's going to go anywhere and stuff, but I think it's been legitimized. It's crazy. Now they realize people, once people realize you can make a lot of money from this shit, suddenly you're legitimized. Just like years ago, they realized in sports, you can make a lot of money from this shit. Now they feel the same way about comic books and comic book culture and geek culture. It's a great time to be a creator. If you're somebody that likes to create shit, oh my God, they're looking for you. And I promise you, this isn't just me fucking polishing your knob. They are literally looking for you. Like, they've heard and told all the stories there are to tell. The only stories that have been told yet are the ones you have to tell. And I guarantee you, you can tell stories that somebody else hasn't thus far. Um, you know, a lot of people think, like, oh, Hollywood, it's off sequels and remakes to make the same shit over and over again. They do. Financially, it makes a lot of sense. But I promise you, if you walk in and you were to tell them, like, a good idea, something that nobody's ever seen before, they would fucking merchandise it. They would market it. They would make it. They're looking for that. That's the dream, original material. But it ain't going to come from me. I, you just heard me. I'm like, I'm making Jane Silent Bob remove. It's literally the same fucking story. <laughs> This no way my chances, but fucking you could go in there, anyone in this room could go in there and fucking change the game by being like, you know the movie they haven't seen yet? This. And it's the movie that'll come from your fucking life. Because everyone in this room is a content generator. Everybody in this room has lived a vastly entertaining life that they can tell fucking stories about. You know, you've all gone on adventures. Think of the entire spectrum of your fucking life. The time you almost died. The time you almost got laid. The time you did get laid and wished you didn't. You know. And then those are banal things. Then there's like deep family drama stuff of like, I didn't know I had a brother and fucking weird shit like that. People are fascinating. And everybody has a story to tell and stuff. That's why I always like to encourage people like, fucking, if you like this, if you like watching me stand up here and talk about myself, guess what? You could do this. This is fucking easy. And you know this. As podcasters, who's more interesting than you? You two dudes have the same thought that I had at one point, which is the same thought everybody in this room has probably had. You've watched a TV show, or you've listened to the radio, and sooner or later in your in your life, you've had this thought. You've listened to somebody talk, and you've said, I'm smarter than that person. I'm funnier than that person. You're probably thinking it right now. <laughs> you're absolutely right. you got to tell people. You can't just kind of keep it to yourself. you got to share it, man. 
these two dudes record a podcast that's called Sharon and shit. And oddly enough, they talk about Daredevil. And some people in the room are like, I don't give a fuck about Daredevil, but I promise you, this is a true story. How many episodes have you done? 43. One day, if you haven't met him yet, you're going to meet somebody who's like, let me tell you how important your show is to me. You guys said something once that got me through the worst thing in my life. And they'll tell you this impossibly dramatic story about some stupid shit you said about Daredevil changed your life. Because that's how human beings are built. Podcasts are fucking free, so you don't have to pay for that. You just listen to a bunch of different thoughts from people from around the world and stuff. And you never know where a good piece of advice or a learning lesson is going to come from. So I always encourage people to fucking share. Like, I always point to podcasting because you got a phone, you got a podcast network right there. You can talk about anything you want, sit down with a friend, sit down by yourself, just fucking talk, share, whatever. Don't have to be a podcast, make a movie. I did, it worked for me. The best piece of advice I can give you is make clerks. That really works. <laughs> You want to write a book? Fucking do it. You absolutely can. There's no gatekeeper for these things. If you want to get paid for these things, yeah, there's a gatekeeper. But if you want to do these things, you can. I guarantee you, you want to do them. If you're sitting here watching me do this shit, there's a part of you that's drawn to this kind of shit. Like where you're like, I fucking, I, I'd like to do that. I like to sit around and talk about myself and stuff. It's fun. It's easy. It doesn't take any talent. That's the thing. A lot of people won't try some shit because they're like, oh, that takes talent. Fuck you. There's no such thing as talent. You know what talent is? Talent is not standing up here and talking about myself. That's not talent. You see this room? See how there are no beams in the middle of the room and yet the ceiling does not crash? <laughs> Whoever built this room is fucking talent. <laughs> story where this happens and blah 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 it ain't talent to fucking sit down and record a podcast where you talk about other people's work I do it all the fucking time it ain't talent to stand up on a stage and tell stories about your life, that's easy, it happened to me that's me just relating facts it doesn't take talent for me to stand on a movie set with a backwards baseball cap and a trench coat and say nothing that's the absolute absence of fucking talent don't take time let people fucking tell you things take talent and shit like it's just fucking like don't take talent to stand on a movie set and be like oh, I'm Batman Ben Affleck does it so I know it comes <laughs> yourself go like, oh, I'm talented. Fuck you. Of course you're talented. You're a god. There's a fucking poster in my house that I've asked for years. It's a dopey yoga fucking thing that my wife had hung up. And, you know, so there he is, the Buddha, just sitting there in a position. And there's some fucking writing on it, Sanskrit-y looking writing, that I never really paid much attention to about five years ago. And one day I was fucking waiting for the dogs to take a shit so I had enough time to stare at it. And I looked at it and I saw what it said. And it said, uh, may you realize your divinity in this lifetime. And I sat there thinking about that probably because I was baked. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, I understand it. I understand this now completely. Like, yeah, we fucking put others ahead of ourselves. We even put people we'll never meet, invisible beings, in charge of our lives and stuff. But, you know, may you realize your divinity in this lifetime. May you realize how fucking special and gifted you are. May you realize that you could fucking do the things that you whimsy about. That you sit there going, that seems fun. I'd like to try, but probably won't work out. Fuck you. How do you know? Like, if you're going to be creative, and that's a creative answer. 
If you dream about doing something and then another voice pops up and says, yeah, you can't do that. That's for somebody else. It wouldn't work if you fucking try it, man. Don't do that. You're going to embarrass yourself and shit. You will become the world's most fucking fascinating, intricate, and gifted writer when it comes to talking yourself down or talking yourself out of shit. And I always like to tell people, like, in that moment, which is inevitable because we're human beings, the only creatures on the planet inflicted with fucking self-awareness and self-doubt. But if you have that fucking moment and you're going to just make up some shit about some future that will never happen for you and how it couldn't happen for you, I just suggest if you're going to make shit up, flip the script and just make up a different version of that story where you're like, imagine I did it and everything changed. Because that happened to me. It insults me personally when people are just like, oh, that happens to some people. I'm like, fuck you, it happened to me. The only difference is one day I was like, I think I want to try something, and I stepped toward it. It will never come to your house. Nobody will ever show up at your house and be like, do you want the perfect life here? You just have to step toward it, shit. And I'm not saying the perfect life is making podcasts or making movies or something, but there is something in you that you fucking think about, that you dream about. Even though we're all adults and shit, we got responsibilities and have to take care of people and loved ones and whatnot, we were all kids once and we all dreamed about some different world. But not like different maybe than what we have, but we just had whimsies. We, we had time enough to be like, I'd like to do this one day. And then you get older and you start putting that shit away for no good reason other than like, well, I got other shit to do. But, you know, what's the point if you're not dreaming? Like, it gives you something to reach for, you know? A lot of people try to climb a ladder, and I understand that, I guess, but I'd rather try to climb a dream ladder. I just like... Create a new dream. Let's go for that. Let's go for that. Because I don't want to leave this world going, fuck, I wish I'd have tried that shit. Like, I want to be in my box when I'm fucking dying on my deathbed being like, can't believe I made that walrus movie. You know, fucking <laughs> So, like, I always like to remind people, like, if you like this shit, you can do this shit. This is easy. I'm talking about yourself is easy. And sharing of yourself is a positive thing. People learn things. When, I mean, number one, they can be entertained. It's a free fucking hour of podcasting and stuff. But number two, maybe they walk away with some information. Maybe they walk away with a bit of a changed life or something like that. So I applaud you for doing the podcast, but everybody else in this room, there's something that you think about. There's something that you whimsy about. And you're like, I'd like to try that. And I guarantee you could do it. I guarantee you could fucking do it. And except if you're like, I'm going to jump off this building and fly. I'm like, you can't do that, don't try it. It's easy, but you just gotta step outside the box. Like, don't worry about what people are gonna say and shit. Some people get afraid of failure. I understand that. I'm from New Jersey. We live in the shadow of New York at all times. We're constantly reminded what a failure we are. So. And so, you know, if you feel if you got a fear of failure, that'll keep you out of doing a lot of shit. But don't be afraid of failure. Like, nobody gets it right on the first try. And whatever that thing is, whatever it is that you whimsy about or dream about doing, nobody's ever gotten that right on the first fucking try. Nobody. It's impossible. It doesn't happen. Maybe once in a while. You're Wayne Gretzky getting right on the first try. But that doesn't happen very often and shit like that. What happens is you try it again. That's the important part. Failure isn't failure unless you fucking never try it again. You try something, it doesn't work, and you're like, fuck, I was stupid for doing that. But if the very next day you try it again and it succeeds, that's no longer failure. That was just one lesson on the road to completion. Failure is just success training. I know that sounds like a cat poster, but it's fucking true. <laughs> so everybody in the room, man, I know you got something like me. I know you got a fucking clerks or a fucking tusk or some shit that you're like, I wonder if I can do that. I guarantee you can fucking do it, man. 
Just try it. Make a little time for yourself this year to try something. You take care of so many people in your life. You're responsible to so many people. You're allowed to not throw people under the bus, but build a little space for yourself to dream and fucking play. The craziest things happen when you're not thinking so much about the present and how difficult the future may be. And you just kind of kick back and be like, well, what if it was this? It's not a waste of time to win some amazing, amazing things when you come from it. I thank you all for coming out tonight, but I want to share one thing with you before we go, just because we went real serious at the end. I wear these hockey jerseys all the time, and people are always like, why? And I tell them, because the hockey jersey is a fat guy's move. <laughs> I can gain and lose weight under this, you'll never fucking know. So on the hockey jerseys, like I swap out the crests. I got a bunch of different crests and shit. Tonight I'm wearing this one, looks like the Blackhawks logo. But I got a buddy crest crest that I've been wearing recently. Um, and, you know, he's pointing and doing the thumbs up and shit. I was wearing it in Los Angeles, and I went to get gas, and I put my credit card in the gas machine to pay for it, and whipped it out like you're supposed to, but it snapped, and a piece broke off of the machine and shit. So I was like, oh my God, what the fuck am I going to do? And I thought about sucking it out of the machine. <laughs> but TMZ would be like, what a scoop. <laughs> inside and I was like I'll have to ask the people behind the counter maybe they got a tweezer I can get it up so I go inside and behind the counter is like a 65 year old Asian woman and she's certainly not what I would call my demographic but she looks at me like she recognizes me I recognize recognition I'm like oh my god she I think this woman recognizes me she's looking at me like this wide eye and I come up to her I'm like hi and she goes that's Jesus <laughs> She didn't recognize me, she recognized Jesus in my chest. And I said, oh, I said, yeah, allegedly. And she goes, no, that's not allegedly. That looks just like Jesus, the hair, everything. I said, yeah, the artist really nailed him. that just happened we just it had happened. we just had kevin smith on our show we spoke to kevin smith and he gave us answers yes they didn't necessarily answer our questions verbatim didn't answer your question well i knew he wasn't gonna and i you warned know, you he wasn't gonna hey man i had to try this 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 it's been over a decade since that thing came out like i gotta know what's gonna happen here is it is it ever going to end? I I was actually shocked that he said that he plans at finishing it because I would be shocked if Marvel lets him. <laughs> Here's, I'm sure Marvel will let him. I I hope so. I I hope so. So putting his name on a comic sells comics. That's, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was that. That was great. Again, huge huge thank you to Kevin Smith. Um, very generous. Very generous, and I hope you got you know something out of his his answers. By the way, like he's not wrong put something put something out into the world man like yeah. we do this show it you kind of dragged me into this show not for nothing because i, I kind of was done with podcasts my doing myself and you, you brought me back in and doing this is great 
and I'm glad you did because I enjoy it. And if you've got something you want to do, folks, take take Kev's advice and do it. Put something into the world. Yes. Worst thing that can happen is, you know, you do it and you enjoy it, and it might not, you know, necessarily go somewhere. But if you do it and you enjoy it, it might go somewhere. People might pick up on it and yeah. check it out. So make your voice heard. Do yep. do stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Folks, um, again, if you're a new listener to the show, welcome. We hope you enjoyed the show. We hope you come back. Um, This is something we say kind of every week. We have never meant it more than this episode. This episode is a huge opportunity for the show. So please, please spread the word on this episode. Retweet our new episode announcements. Share them. Um, we're going to tag Kevin Smith in him. Hopefully he will retweet it. And that, that would be worth its weight in gold. We want this show to grow. We want it to grow into something that not only we can be proud of, we are proud of the show, but you know, something ultimately Buffalo can be proud of. You know, we like to introduce ourselves as Buffalo's own, you know, devils do. So please, this episode, huge, please retweet please share you can find us at the following social media outlets you can find us on twitter at devils do pod you can go to facebook.com slash devils do pod you can email us at the devils do pod at gmail.com or you can find all these resources on the devils do podcast.com our website folks please help us out here get the word out on the show especially this episode it's a real big opportunity for us it's a simple thing you just press a button on your phone screen and that's it subscribe man subscribe write a review on itunes if you can uh we've been getting positive reviews there share our our new episode announcements i'm not even asking asking you to share all our statuses to share the new episode announcements get the word out there it means so much to us thank you all right. Any, uh, anything else? I feel anything? like, uh, remember the episode of The Simpsons where Homer meets Mel Gibson? No. Okay. Well. Homer meets so many. Homer, Homer Mel's pitching a, a movie to the, to, to, uh, he's doing a screening of his new movie and he's over explaining like, you know, the Hollywood guys, they haven't done the whole twinkle with my eye yet in post and, <laughs> and the lighting's not quite right. And, and Homer just says, uh, Mel, you're coming off desperate. Yeah. It's okay. I, am, I, I it's I feel you. I feel you, folks. Uh, we're we're grateful for all of you. Um, so yeah, like Carl said, man, click subscribe. Little five star rating never hurt anybody. Tell your friends if you hate us. Tell an enemy. Uh, yeah, spread the word, man, because uh, we do we like doing this, and the more people listen, the more we'll like doing it. So yep. there you go. And uh, as you found out in the beginning of the show, if you write in and stuff, you can be on the show. So yeah. it's it's not a high bar to clear. No. So yeah, thank you, thank you very much. All right. Thank you. We appreciate it. Courts adjourned.